You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. great. The reason I laugh so hard is because I fit into about three of those. (laughs) The interrupter. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we're in this series uh, that we started in the the start of the year, more of a campaign on prayer and uh, just how prayer is uh, kind of the key that unlocks the potential of God in our life. Did you know that? Prayer is actually the key that will unlock the potential that God has for each of us in our, in our lives. We, we, we seek him. We beseech him. We implore to him. We, we come before him. The Bible is constantly about prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer, and he prayed constantly, and he spent all night at times praying. And, and uh, so we've been doing the, this uh, morning 6 a.m. prayer. That was intentional, by the way. That was intentional that we would actually have to get up early to, to pray. And uh, we've had uh, probably 30 people praying w- through Zoom and through uh, people being physically on the campus. And, and remember what Jesus told the disciples right, at, right before he went to uh, uh, or at Gethsemane? You know, he says, uh, can you just uh, watch for an hour? Can you just watch and pray for an hour? And he, and he left them there uh, and he went to about, a, it says, a stone's throw away. And he went, and he, what did he do? He, he prayed, he prayed to the Father, and, and, and he came back, and the disciples were, uh, every time he came back, they were asleep. And I think that the church, hear me now, I think the church has been asleep. I think the church has been asleep in, in, in a, a lot of t- things that have gone on through the generations and the era of, of, of our world uh, where we're not, we're not praying uh, for the things that matter. Amen. There's a lot of things that are going on in our country. There's a lot of things that are going on in our world where the, the people of God need to be praying for, for the transformation or the transforming power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to be doing some radical things in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our, in our, uh, in our communities, and in our country. Uh, you know, there's a deadlock right now in our country uh, for, for power. Amen. There's two, two parties that are, that are really at each other, and, and it, what they're really speaking about is power uh, to accomplish what they want to do. But I believe there's more power in prayer and unity than there's power in, in wanting to get your way in division. And so when pe- God's people come together and we begin to pray, God begins to do some pretty amazing things. So we talked about that last week. We talked about the importance of, of the, pr- the power of prayer. And how uh, the, the Lord speaks to us and he says uh, uh, that God can do more than we could ever imagine, think, or ask through the power that works within us. And so there's this great power that God has uh, for us so we can accomplish his work. But we have to pray. We have to pray. And so we started out the, the year with, with this uh, as our foundation for the year that we will pray to, to the Lord and believe that he will do things that are greater than we could ever imagine. And, uh, and there are people that, that need our prayers. There are family members that need our prayers. We need our prayers. 
so that God can do what, what, what he can uh, only do. Uh, today I want to I move from uh, the focus on the power that we have in prayer and through prayer to the peace that comes in prayer. All of us are seeking for peace. We're, we're seeking for that peace in our life because life is filled with chaos. Life is filled with trouble. It, and it, it seems like you just come out of chaos and there's more chaos waiting for us, right? You just come out of trouble uh, and then there's more trouble waiting for you. And so you just come out of this tribulation and there's more tribulation waiting. It just, it, this world is filled with it. And so the one thing that we all need and really what, that we're all seeking for is peace. The peace of mind, peace in our hearts, you know, that inner peace that, is, that only can come from, from God and through Jesus. And I love what uh, um, uh, Thomas Watson uh, wrote this, and he was a great Puritan pastor, and he said this, If God be our God, he will give us peace when there's trouble. When there is a storm without, he will make peace within. The world can create trouble in peace, and we can say amen to that, Right? But God can create peace even though there's trouble. Is there anyone in our service today that could use a little bit more peace in your life? You know, is there, is there someone that's sitting here or, or maybe listening on the podcast that you could really use more peace in your life? Uh, if, you, if this is you, then you're in the right place because God is going to speak to us about the peace that he provides. And the peace that God provides is not the peace that we find in the world, right? It's not a temporary peace. It's an eternal peace. And it's not a peace that you manufacture in your own strength. It's not a, a peace that you get through your own merit or your own good works. It's a peace that's imputed in and through Christ. And when that peace is on you and it, and it rests on you, it sustains you through the most difficult of times. And so our scripture uh, uh, basis for today is going to be from the book of Philippians. And Paul writes to the church in Philippi, and, he, and he, in that he, he says this, which I think is vital. Most of us memorize this. Most of us know it. Um, but I don't really want for us to memorize it. I really want for us to own it. I want it to become something that we live, right? And so Paul, in, in, in chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing, right? Be anxious for nothing. Don't be worried about nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, notice how important that is? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, that word petition could be supplication. We'll talk about that right now. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now notice, when you, when you present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This Bible verse tells us that there's a, there's a possibility, a great possibility, a great potential for you to have peace. It tells us that no matter what we're going through, that there's a, there's, a, there's a potential for you to have the manifested peace of God rule in your life. And so as we, we continue in this, in this prayer, as we continue to, to, to pray to the Lord, here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that we are going to walk in the peace of the Almighty. No matter how troublesome it is on the outside, on the exterior, on the interior of our lives, and in the, the, where it matters, we will be walking with the peace of the living God working in us and through us. 
I believe that for you today. I believe that for you listening on the podcast today. I believe that God's going to manifest his peace. And how, how does it happen? We're going to see it happens through prayer. And so I put together three ways that we insulate our lives with the peace of God in and through prayer. You know, insulation is important. How many of you know that insulation is very important? Here, here's the thing. This is, so, this is so God right here. So if you have a house and you don't insulate it, and it, right now it's kind of cold, and, and it's very cold for Arizona. We're like in the 50s, right? And so it's, it's freezing for, for most of us. And, and so it, it, but when you have a house and you have central heating or whatever kind of heating that you have, uh, if you have your house insulated, guess what? The heat stays in the house because it's insulated. What happens if it's not insulated? You lose all your heat. You, even in, in the summer, if we were talking in the summer right now, I'd talk about how we need the, the, the coolness of, of, of the Lord, you know, the, the kind of the insulation is so important. So when we insulate our lives with prayer, the peace of God doesn't leak out. It doesn't leak out. When we don't insulate our lives with prayer, the peace of God will always be going. And you're wondering, what's going on? Why, do, why don't I have peace? Can I tell you why? Because we're not following the directions that God gives us for us to have peace. And here's what I want you to know, beloved. We can live a peaceful life. We can. Because God's word says we can. And I believe God more than my feelings. I believe God more than my neighbors. I believe God more than Fox News. I believe God more than CNN. I believe God's word is true. And, 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 and so let's look at how important this is. Here's the first way that we insulate uh, the peace of God. You have to realize that worry and anxiety always aim to rob the peace of God from your life. Worry and anxiety, the whole goal is for them to rob, steal the peace of God from your life. At its, at its very core, worry and anxiety are peace thieves. Worry, it's a thief. It's a thief. When you worry, you think more about what you're worried about than God. That's a, always a bad remedy. You, if you don't process what you're thinking and you're worrying all the time, you're worrying, hey, I've been there. I get there. It's a thief. Um, anxiety. It's a thief. Have you noticed anxiety will just take all of your time? Hours and hours. It starts with minutes, but it, then it goes into hours and days. Anxiety is a thief. And what I want you to realize is that there's not one anxiety that's, that God is okay with for your life. There is not one anxiety or worry that God is okay with for your life. He's not okay with you being anxious about anything. He's not saying it's okay to be anxious about this. No. There's not one worry that he's saying it's okay for you to be worried about this. And, and, and I want you to process this important thing is, is he doesn't want you to be worried about one, but most of us are worried about more than one. Most of us are anxious about more than one thing. We're, we're just filled with anxiety. We're just filled with pressure. We're just filled with this worry. There's a story in the Bible. There's two sisters. One's, her name is Mary. The other one's name is Martha. 
They're, they're just like us. They're, they're people just like us. What we need to realize about the people in the Bible is that they are just like us. You know, they had to get up in the morning from sleeping. They had to take care of things that during the day. They had the same things that, we're, that we deal with. And so Martha is, is, is kind of an example of, of, of how we can get to a place that we are so worried and anxious and filled with thinking about everything else except for God. And so Jesus comes on the scene and, and Martha's working and she's doing all these things and she wants everything to be perfect. And Mary, you know, she's not worried about everything being perfect. She's worried about spending time with the perfect one. And Jesus looks at Martha because Jesus can read us as people. He, can, he read her. He, he knew that she was anxious and she was worried about stuff. And he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and you're troubled about Many things. And that's how we live. He, when, when Jesus repeats our names, that means it's important. Right? When he repeats our name, it means it's very important. James, Jamie, Jaime, you're worried about many things. You're anxious about many things. And then he, and he goes on and he says, and, 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 and there's only... He says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Now, that helps us to understand how do we get rid of worry. He says, you're worried about all these different things, but there's one thing that you should be concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. Now, this is powerful. Because what Mary discovered was that being at the feet of Jesus was a place of peace, and his peace would not be taken from her. And, Mar and Martha was anxious and troubled about many things, and all those things were stealing her what? And all those things are stealing our what? Because we're troubled about what? Many things. Instead of being concerned of the one thing that matters, instead of us discovering the one thing that's going to promote peace in our life, the one thing that's going to promote peace in our life is to spend time with God. That's why it's so important with these 21 days of prayer. That's why it's so important that we actually pray. As difficult as it is, no matter if you're the interpreter, no matter if you're the, the, the interrupter, doesn't matter who you are in your prayer life. No matter if you're the confuser. Lord, I pray that you'll give me a revelation from the inside of my fingernails. To go through the tribulation that's going through my toes. Doesn't matter. The reality is you start to pray and, and, and you, you, you take your, your focus off, off of the things that are, that are troubling you. That you're so worried about. You know what our country needs to do? I'm going to say this as a, as, a, as a man of God, as a, as a person. We need to quit worrying about all the things that, are, that, that we're building up. And we need to put our focus on Jesus Christ, on God himself. And it will change everything. It will change everything. Instead of us trying to do things in our own power. And every time, oh, this is so good. Every time you try to do things in your own power, you are going to live a peaceless life. Anytime. Anytime you want to make your family this super great family, I just, I just had a, 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 a young wife, mother, 
just anxious. She was in tears uh, just this week because she is trying in her own power to have her kids behave. Can I tell you that three and four-year-olds don't behave? They don't. They, and their idea of behavior is a lot different than yours. And so people are worked up and they're worked up and they're worked up because we try in our own power to make things work instead of letting God be the source. I love what it says. It says, Mary discovered what's better. And that's my, that's my, that's my hope for you today is that you will discover what's better. And what's better is for you to spend time with God than for you to worry about everything else. You have to just change that. If you leave with nothing else today, I want you to leave with this. God God desires for you to discover that being in the presence of Jesus is better for your life. It's better for your life. You'll never, you'll never, you will never discover the peace of God until you spend time with Jesus. Never. You will never, you will never, you will never, you will never discover the peace of God until you spend time with Jesus Christ. You'll never have the peace of God without Jesus Christ in your life. You won't. You know, here's, here's the thing that, that Paul wrote. He said, be anxious for nothing. Man, God did, some, God did some work in my heart this week. That's what I love about the word of God. You know, I'm preaching to you, but God, God talked to me. I carry things in my, in my life, and, and, and God said, be anxious for nothing. Lord, but you know, you know my, my, my adult children, you know what they're going through. Be anxious for nothing. Lord, but you know what's going on in that, in the, in that Kearney campus. Be anxious for nothing. Lord, but you know what's, what, what I'm dealing with in some of these situations in the Oracle campus. Be anxious for nothing. Lord, but you know that woman that you gave me for my wife. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> and the reality is that uh, that, that, takes, uh, that takes practice. That's why we said <clears throat> 21 days, because you form a habit with 21 days. So, so our hope is that it's not 21 days and you stop praying. My hope is, and God's hope is, it's 21 days and you become a, prayer, a person of prayer. And we become a church of prayer. We'll never be what God wants us to be even as a church until we pray. The, the only time that Jesus threw things uh, uh, that he went into the, the temple and, and, and threw things around and, 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 and just did things that were out of the ordinary of, of how people would think the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord should act is when, when they turned the, the house of God into, a, 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 instead of it being a house of prayer, it became a den of thieves. Right? If we're talking more about money in the church than we're talking about prayer, about God, then we've we're, we're really got some things skewed. Amen? 
You know, and, and so he teaches us how important prayer is and how we practice that. There's a guy uh, in history. He became a, a, a church monk, and uh, and he um, his whole thrust was uh, he mostly washed dishes in the monastery and things like that, very menial work. Uh, but he wrote this jur- in his journal. He wrote this journal, which became uh, one of the most popular books that most Christian leaders read. And it's called uh, Practicing the Presence of God, and it's written by Brother Lawrence. And Brother Lawrence, uh, in his books, uh, one of my heroes, he's one of my heroes, and he, and he writes about the simplicity of our lives when we practice the presence of God. That every, every moment is an opportunity for us to practice the presence of God, that we can have the presence of the Almighty with us no matter what we're doing. Whether you're driving, whether you're washing dishes, whether you're mowing the lawn. You know that God has spoken to me in, in such uh, amazing ways when I'm working outside, sometimes mowing the lawn or even uh, working to, to do some landscaping. God has done some amazing things and just warmed my heart. And, and so mo- many of you might even understand that. But Brother Lawrence said this. He said, we must do our business faithfully. In other words, we should work faithfully without trouble or disquiet. In other words, we need quiet, so the opposite of quiet is disquiet. Recalling our mind to God mildly and within tranquility as often as we find it wandering from him. So I got up this morning and I was um, getting ready. And, 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 and as I sat there on, on the chair to, you know, before I got in the shower and all that, I, I just, my mind wanders and, and, and the Lord kind of just brought me to this place. You know, so we waste so much time with our mind wandering. Did you know that? Instead of us bringing it back to, to God. Because that's where pe- there's peace. And that, that doesn't mean that you think about, you know, I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about God. You know, it doesn't mean you get crazy. It just means that you always acknowledge that God's a part of everything that you do. Amen? He's a part of everything that, that, that we do. And, and so he teaches us. Here, here's the second thing that's important. He teaches us there's, there's three keys to a life of peace. There's three keys to a life of peace. And what I love about the Bible is that it gives us everything we need to have a life of peace and victory. Always. And God didn't save you. He didn't save you to have a defeated life. You need to know that. God didn't save you so that you could be anxious. God didn't save you so you could be worried. Paul wrote this, right? He said, be anxious for nothing. And then he said this, okay? He says, but in everything, but in everything, that means in everything you do, right? Pray. Pray. And you need to understand that worry will keep you from praying and praying will keep you from worrying. Worry will keep you from praying and praying will keep you from worrying. How do we know that? Because God said it, and God doesn't lie. And if you're praying more than you worry, you understand that. But you have to replace, uh, you have to make a uh, a choice to replace your worry and your anxiety with prayer. You have to do that. And it sounds easy, but it's not. If it was easy, everyone would do it. It's easier to worry about everything you have going on than it is for you to start to pray. Someone say amen if you agree with that. Okay, just wondering if we were on it. 
you know, that's why these 21 days have been so important. You know, we, we're making a choice to, to trust God. We're making a choice to pray to God. The more that I go to God, the more comfortable I am with him. Did you know that? The more that I go to God, the more comfortable that I am with him. When I first started my walk with God, prayer was so, so uncomfortable. The more that you pray, the more comfortable that you get with God. The longer I walk with Jesus, the more I believe that he needs to be the greatest reality in my life. Jesus has become the greatest reality in my life. He's more real than my problems. Because he's walked me through every one of them. And when I thought, I'm not going to make it through this one. This is big. I'm not going to make it through this one. Guess what? I made it. Can I say this? We made it. Jesus has got to become the greatest reality in your life. That's what prayer establishes. When you pray, you acknowledge that he's real. Remember last week I talked about that, maybe not to this service, I might have. There was a, a, a police officer that I, I, I spoke with, and I, he found out we were doing these 21 days of prayer. He said, do you think that your prayer... Do you think that you guys praying can actually change what's going on in our country? Our country is a mess. Nothing's going to change our country. And I said, I believe prayer can change our country. See, to me, the greatest reality is that Jesus is bigger than our problems. To him, he deals with those problems day in and day out, day in and day out. Those problems are bigger than God. But the reason for that is because he does not pray. And you're in a situation right now. Some of you are in a situation. You're in a tough situation. You're in a tough situation. Tough circumstance. Relational. Uh, just things are going the wrong way. And you need to know that Jesus is your greatest reality. He's more real his peace is more real than your problem. No matter what we're going through. The Apostle James, he wrote uh, uh, a letter. And, and, and in that letter, he says this. And this is so important because we think about Elijah the prophet as this great man. And, and he was a great man. But... but uh, James brings everything into perspective. As the Holy Spirit is directing him to write, God is speaking to us. And he says, Elijah was as human as we are. So just stop with that. Elijah was as human as we are. There was nothing different about him than, than, than us. He had the same, he had DNA, he had blood, he had, he had, he had, he had, he had colds, he had the flu once in a while. He was the same as us, okay? And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Now, if Elijah is the same person just like us, and he prayed and God answered his prayer, why would God not answer 
when, when they came and talked about John the Baptist, Je- Jesus was, you know, John the Baptist was his cousin, and they came and, and they talked about John the Baptist, you know, and they, he said, when, when you went out to see John the Baptist, who did you go out to see? You know, this is, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus says, who, what did you go out to, to see? And he talked about John's and his, his attributes. He said, you know, uh, you know, you go to find these great men in palaces. Yet John, you know, came and he preached. Uh, you know, he ate locusts and he, you know, uh, had no great wardrobe. And then he said something this. He said this. He says, but out of, out, of the, out of the womb of a woman, there has not been a greater man that has been born like John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom will be greater than him. Why am I saying that, guys? Because you're no different. You're no different. But we don't pray. We don't pray. Because when we pray, God moves. You know, I, get, I get excited about 30 people praying. We ministered to 400 people. I get excited about 30 people, you know, 20 people coming. And I'm not putting guilt. In fact, I, I told the staff, I said, I'm not even going to tell you guys to come to prayer. This is a heart thing. This is a heart thing. You know, it, life is about our hearts. We, we, do, we will give precedent to whatever is important to us. Think about it. How many of us give precedent to our families? You do everything for your family. Why? Because they're the most important thing to you in your life. And so in prayer, you know, we, we're seeking God. You're really saying he's the most important thing. He's the most important person to me in my whole life. He's my greatest reality. So there, he says, here's the first key, praise. The second key is, is petition or supplication. And that's when you actually fine-tune what you're asking for. I have a great relationship with my wife. God's my first, God is my first uh, uh, greatest reality in life, and Shauna's my second. And I can, I can prove that because, you know, we went to, uh, on a trip one day, and, and one week, and we went, we, we went to a uh, uh, get-together, and we played this... Uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, not the dating game, but was it the dating game? Kind of like the dating game, the married, married game or something where they ask you questions about your spouse and you answer and all these things. Newlywed game. Very good. Yeah. The newlywed game. And so they took us into this room and they had music going on and they asked some questions and I, I, we came up to husbands and we answered and then they took them. Guess who got, um, we got every one of them right. Guess who, who it was? Shauna and I. Because she's the second greatest reality to me in my life. And I know things about her because I, I, we, we lived together and we began to... Oh Lord, he's worked on me after 32 years. I, I, I listen sometimes. I listen. You know, we want to know what our wives want for, for Christmas or their birthdays. You have to listen. Amen? And so when, when, I, when, when she says, you know, we gave me some coffee. You know, when, for example, we went to Starbucks. Uh, last night, and, and she said, give me a coffee, and so I, I know, sugar-free vanilla, latte, hot, 
you know. I go to McDonald's, I know, you know she gets a large uh, coffee. She's going to have uh, two Splenda and uh, three cream. I know that. It's easy. But the reality is we have this relationship. We, 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 uh, we understand each other. She knows more about me than anyone else, right? And, and that's how it is with God. When we come to God through petition and supplication, we begin to identify what we need in our lives. And that, hear me when I say that. What we need in our lives for peace and victory. You begin to really fine-tune your prayers. It's not just general prayers. You begin to fine-tune your prayers. These 21 days of prayer, have you noticed in your, in your uh, bookmark that's in your bulletin that there's specific prayers, there's, there's focal prayers, uh, focal points for each day that we're praying? Why is that? Because that's a supplication. That's a petition. We're praying. We prayed for, uh, for families. We prayed for um, for uh, police officers, we prayed for government, we prayed for all these, then we're going to pray for marriages. Today we prayed for decisions that we're facing. That's supplication. On our Facebook and Instagram, we have these devotions that we put together. It's supplication, it's petitioning these prayers. It's fine-tuning. It's saying, God, we care, for, we care about our country, but we, re- we also care about our local government. We care about San Manuel uh, uh, people in Pinal County and, and San Manuel petitioning. The reason that this is important is because if we don't identify the needs that we have in our life, you will begin to babble in your prayers. You ever done that? I have. You just babble. You just go on and on. And Jesus helps us here. Jesus, as he, ta- as he teaches about prayer, his disciples said, teach us to pray. He said this. He says, he, says, he taught them, you know, the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. But in that whole context, he says this to them. He says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And what God is telling us is it doesn't matter how many words you pray, what matters is what is important to him. What is the will for him to move in our life and through our life? And what the will is of God is for us to walk in the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. And so we fine-tune our prayers and we and every for 21 days. And my, my I hope, I hope, beloved, that each of you have those cards somewhere where you're looking at them and you're praying every day for specific situations so that together. We can fine-tune petitions and supplication to God and that he will do a work that only God can do. We got 20 people that are around this. We, we put a little circle around here on, 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 uh, on, on uh, uh, each day of the week, 6, 6 a.m. in the morning, and each one prays a specific prayer for that whole focus right there, and we all pray for that same focus. And I know God hears, and I know God will move. And the third key, the third key is for us to be thankful. A thankful attitude is medicine for your souls. Psalm 
Some people are ungrateful and they're thankless. And, and when, you, when you live a life when you're, when you're thankless and you're ungrateful, you're miserable and there's no peace in your life and there's no peace in the lives of those that are around them. When people are ungrateful and they're not thankful, they will always invite misery. Amen? So the key for peace, he says, you pray, you, you, you have this relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit lie, lives in you, resides in you. He's with you. He gives you this peace. And then you petition. You begin to, to really fine-tune your prayers. You begin, you don't babble anymore. You're not just going on, going on because you're practicing and you're, you're beginning to really have detailed prayer. And then you're thankful. You're thankful that you're able to pray. You're thankful that he gave you life. You're thankful that you're able to breathe. You're thankful that he gave you another opportunity for another day. You're thankful that you can tell someone I love you. You're thankful that you can give someone a hug. You're thankful that you can give someone a pound. You're thankful that you can go to someone and say, man, you're awesome. You're thankful that you can invest in someone's life. You're thankful. You're thankful. And you got this thankfulness, this thanksgiving, and you're not saying, oh, my problems are so big. I'm thankful, God, that you're bigger than my problems. I'm thankful that you're greater than what I'm going through. I thank you because I'm thankful. And it changes your life. And I pray that in one of your thankfulness, you say, I'm thankful for Pastor James. I'm thankful for him. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians, and he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Ain't that crazy? Give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you. How many of you have given thanks for your, your, your biggest problem you have right now? How many of you are giving thanks for that this, this past week? Well, praise God. Praise God. We got four people. But the reality is that all of us, we face these, these, these circumstances, these situations that are so big. And God says, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now before I move on, I, I want for you to get it because this is, a, this is a statement of action. You have to actually make it happen. Amen? You have to make it happen. You have to, you, to give thanks. You have to give. Just like the people, the 30% the, the of people that gave to the, the year end, you, it's, a, it's a choice. It's a, it's a, it, you move it into action. Amen? And it does, it does something. So when you give thanks, when you, I, I said all these things that are thankful for, I could go uh, through this uh, sanctuary right now and, and point at people and you say, what are you thankful for? What are you, you know, what are you thankful for? You guys would say, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for my husband, for my wife. I'm thankful for this. But see, my prayer, here's my prayer, beloved. Here's my prayer is that we'll get past our families. You know, it's easy for us to pray for our families. In fact, there was a day that my families took up all my prayers. But there's a bigger picture in our life. There's a bigger picture that God wants to do. Amen? If you scroll through your phone right now, and everyone you have is on your pictures are your family. There's a bigger picture in life. It's called the church. It's called reaching the world. It's called making an impact. Amen? 
So the third, the third uh, thing that's vital for you to, to insulate yourself with, with the peace of God is you have to identify the peace robbers and you have to do something about them. Do you notice that when Jesus told Martha, you're worried and troubled about so many things, do you, do you, do you, do you notice that, that, that Jesus actually could identify what was stealing her peace? Martha, you're worried about how clean the house is. You're worried about how you're cooking this. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. And I and I'm, think about Jesus, and, you know, I'm just the white lines right here. I'm thinking, Jesus, he, he could have told her, Martha, don't you understand that I fed 5,000 with a couple loaves of bread and, and a couple fish? This is not as important as you think it is, Martha. I could, I could speak, you know, I could speak a word, and, and, and we could have enchiladas and tacos right now. <laughs> not me. Not me, Ernie. I'm not Jesus. You know, the reality is, you know, he, Martha was worried, and Jesus says, identify the thief robbers in your life. Identify them and do something about them because we identify them in our worry, but we don't do anything about them through prayer. We don't do anything about them by saying, I'm going to release them. I'm going to give them to God, and, and, and it is so important. It's so vital. Paul wrote to the church in, in, in Corinthians, and uh, in Corinth, and he says, you need to demolish arguments and every, every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every, everything, that, everything that's coming at you, that's, that's making you struggle in your mind, and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if these thoughts are making you worry, they're making you anxious, they're not from Christ. They're not being obedient. They're making you a slave. You're a slave to worry. You're a slave to anxiety. So Paul says you need to take it captive. You need to do something about it. It's in our prayer. It's in our, it's in our prayer that we begin to acknowledge what's taking up the time. Of, what's taking up the space in my mind. What's taking up the space. Try praying and see what, what takes up the space in your mind. Is it God? Or is it everything else? And then you say, Lord, I'm going to demolish that, that argument against you. I'm going, to, I'm going to come against it. I'm going to, in the name of Jesus, through the power of Jesus, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I was in, uh, I was in my office and I was putting this together. And, and I've been dealing with a situation. And, you know, it, like I said, we, we come out of one and we go into another. That's life. That's life. And so I had this situation, and, and, and I was, it, it took a lot of my time. I was thinking about it a lot, and, and I was there in my office putting this together, and, and there's sticky notes in my office, you know, that, that I pulled one out, and I put this situation, this circumstance, this person, I put him right there. On, I wrote on the sticky note, and I walked out of my office, and I walked through the courtyard, and I walked through the doors, and I walked through the sanctuary. I turned on the light so I wouldn't fall, and I came to this wall, and I put that right there. I said, Lord, I'm going to do something about it. I'm tired of carrying it. Can I tell you something? He gave me peace. He gave me peace. Because that situation, that circumstance, that person was dictating the majority of my time and my 
And it was not, it was not good time for me. It was me worried about something that I can't, I can't change it. I had no power to change that situation. I have no power to change that person. I have no power. I, I can't change it, but God can. And so this is the way I want us to close the service today. I want, you know, every one of us has a peace thief in our life. We have something that's robbing your peace. And we've got these, we've got these stickies right here, okay? We'll do the same thing we did last week. We're just going to do some action steps. And I want you guys to come up. We'll start with this side right here. I want you to come up, and, and, and Alex is going to play this really great anointed uh, stringing right here. Uh, playing this guitar. And, and let the Lord direct you and put that thief uh, on, that, that peace robber, that peace thief. Put it down right there on that sticky and give it to God and see if he'll move in your life. And if you have to make a, an appointment to talk to someone, do it. Don't let that, that thief steal your peace anymore. Are you with me? Don't take it out with you. Don't, don't take it with you anymore. You don't have to. You can give it to God. So this, this uh, left side or right side of the sanctuary, if you guys have, you don't have to. If this is between you and God, just come up. And if something is still in your peace, put it right there. And let's trust the Lord together. God desires obedience more than sacrifice. Did you know that? Did you know that? God desires obedience more than sacrifice. God, God says, take a step and I'll meet you there. Sometimes we say, you know, Lord, I, I just I praise you, but, but you're carrying this. You know, you keep carrying it. So the, Lord said, the Lord's saying, do something about it. Do something about it. If you have a problem physically, go to the doctor. Amen? You got a problem mentally? Go see someone. Go see a counselor. If you got a, a, a situation, you know uh, uh, that that you're struggling with, you have to take a step and do something about it. Don't let that peace robber rob your peace anymore. If you got a situation with a son or daughter, a granddaughter, grandson, do something about it. Don't carry it anymore. that does not want you to experience the peace of God but he's not bigger than Jesus this middle row you can come out come, come up if you want Father we thank you Lord God for what you're doing we thank you that you are a God of truth you're faithful in everything that you do Lord as these individuals put these these uh, situations, circumstances, people that are stealing their peace. We, I just pray that you just fill their hearts, overflow them with your peace, Lord God. Overflow them, Father, with, with that, uh, that peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. 
Jesus. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.